Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. Welcome everybody to Wednesday War Games episode 31. Joining me as always is my wonderful, lovely co-host Liam. Liam, tell me about Un- uh, Unreal Engine 5. Well, Unreal Engine 5 was announced last night. Um, and it looks real pretty. Uh, for reference, this podcast is going to be unbearable. Because Liam has gotten his hands on a kazoo. And he will not stop playing it. That's yeah. That's yeah. That's your feelings for the entire duration of this podcast, and yeah. Stop it! Stop playing the kazoo. <laughs> yes, Unreal Five does look very pretty. Um, it does. It's it's not a real game. It's fake. It's, don't never take tech demos as a real thing. People no, that game's real. It. I can't wait to play it. People are like, oh, yeah, just wait until people have to make that in three years and make it into something that's actually playable and fun and pretty. And then the corners will be cut and games will look incrementally better than they do now. Unless you're Rockstar, who can make it take seven years to make a game. But yes, it does look pretty. <laughs> GTA 7 is going to look sweet. <laughs> yes, well, GTA 6 will look sweet, too. I'm not going to play it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you just, li- just leave the kazoo down. You're not allowed to play the kazoo. You've already played it twice, and we're 90 seconds into the episode. Yeah, I think the kazoo's going to be a big draw for us, though. I think oh. it's going to be our thing. You're just going to... yes. Literally everything I say, Liam's just going to respond to with kazoo. There you go. Thank you for the setup and punchline there. Yeah, it's, that was the slide whistle, so you're incorrect. But I plan on adding more instruments as I go. So is, is this a tribute to Edge and Christian? There you go. This is really just a, a 20-year-old wrestling callback. Do you really want the story behind it? <laughs> the, behind the kazoo? or Yeah. Why I purchased one and received six. Go um, on. Well, one, I used to play the saxophone uh-huh. for like two years. And my mother was like, yo, remember when you could play an instrument? And I was like, I'll show you. And I purchased uh, six kazoos and in the meantime bought a slide whistle because I saw it in a store. So the kazoos are now your musical substitute for a saxophone. <laughs> stop it. Stop. I'm never going to stop. <laughs> I should have played um, the Arthur theme <laughs> to bring us in. 
You could Arthur could never be done justice on a kazoo. It's too good a piece of music to ever play on a kazoo. Are you defaming the kazoo in front of me, a kazoo practitioner? <laughs> yes, a kazoo. Were you like Bleeding Gums Murphy level saxophone good? Um, I could play the Simpsons theme and oh, there you smoke go. on the water. You're a regular Lisa Simpson there, Liam. Yep. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Every week we cover AW Dynamite. Every week they will be What a week! What a week! Don't, don't you dare! (laughs) You don't get Judas until the end of the show. That's my Um, big finish. That's our finale. If you stay to the very end, Liam will play the entirety of Judas on his kazoo, which means you know. And Garrett will sing the lyrics as I go. I'll look at the podcast analytics and that, that, like the second I say you, if you stay to the end you can hear Liam play the kazoo play Judas and you'll just see at about 3 minutes 30 seconds everybody stops listening no, everybody skips ahead <laughs> skip straight to the end but yes, yes you will true. be singing the lyrics as I do it correct uh sh- sure <laughs> we've sung en- we've sung enough of Judas on this podcast that you shouldn't be ashamed of that anymore <laughs> That's true. Uh, last week, AEW won, so we will kick off the show with All Elite Wrestling Dynamite, which kicked off with Cody in a big-ass car. How do you feel about that, Liam? <laughs> that was so stupid. Why was, it, why was it needed? He just, like, gently nudged something because he didn't want to... Also, by the way, people were offended by this promo, and I'm going to go into it real quick, but I was more offended by the car and its damn logo. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to the sexist Jake in a second. We'll start with the car, of course. The car, like, I don't get the point of the car. As you said, he literally drove... Like, 10 feet. He uh, he drove his car, he rammed it into a rail, and then got out of the car. It's like, I think right. he, like, thought he was so cool while he did it. He's like, yo, this shit fucking rules. Oh, like, this was the most unabashedly WCW Monday Nitro that this television show has ever been. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, giant truck, completely superfluous angle. Why couldn't he have just, like, driven off of the main, like, from the from the parking lot or something to show speed but he stopped and then went <laughs> it's, it's all he had to, it's a show it's a, it's a show of manlyhood Liam that's all that is I thought he was gonna get off of it and be like 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 get out and be like I'm here <laughs> but no he just drove gently forward into some rails and they should they have went, at least set up something for him to break through you know should, they should have put something there other than the some glass rails barrier oh that's a metaphor yeah, and then he gets a sledgehammer, and then he breaks the car. Uh, Cody, as I said, this was very Monday Night Raw, and then kind of a good, charming way as well. It's like yeah, like stupid. it wasn't bad. It was just like, <laughs> look at the dumb cargo room. It's the yeah, it's, it's kind of the good kind of stupid instead of the stupid kind of stupid. But Cody, Cody, Cody loves his Nitro esque angles. Mm. And yes, uh, Jake Roberts is a horrible sexist. How do you feel about this? I mean, he's a bad guy. You see, I agree with you. He's like heels can be bad people. Stop trying to have villains in television shows. Like, like adhere to to like societal acceptable norms. Yeah, when they when they're real people, let them like. Then you can start crucifying them. It's a character. He's meant to be a bad guy. He's Jake the fucking snake. <laughs> what I would say is, is this is it too old school of me to think? Can Cody now lose? That Jake has now been a horrible sexist. It's like, like I, I agree, bad guys can be bad guys, but I think in the world of wrestling, you have to beat them. Then, yeah, I don't think, but as long as he beats him eventually, it's fine. Mm. He just like he can lose the first time, but he, he can never have the bad guy be right in the end. 
Like, it's the Booker T, Triple H thing. It's like, Triple oh, H yes. could be a horrible racist as long as he loses, but he doesn't lose, and then the horrible racist is proved correct. Ideally, mm. this should end... I, I think Lance wins at double or nothing and then loses eventually with Brandy taking out Jake in some way. Like, to full circle the whole thing. I also don't think it'll be a very good idea if Cody just wins, because <laughs> that doesn't address what he said at all. You know what I mean? You need to have Brandy have some sort of comeuppance on Jake in some manner. So the the, the Archer should win, and then at All all Out 2, they should book Cody and Brandy against Archer and <laughs> Jake Roberts in a tag team match. Yes, but it's a cinema match. Oh, yeah. And they're going and through Brandy. the AEW headquarters. <laughs> the, the, this is I'd actually watch that match. I'd enjoy that <laughs> Yeah, and Jake's gonna like DDT Brandy on the concrete, and then she'll come back up and fight him. It'd be great with a full like blood, bloody face. Yeah, let bad guys be bad guys. Stop letting stop letting bad guys be good guys. It's very. It, it was almost like like I was gonna say charmingly racist. Charmingly is the wrong word, but it's very old timey. Women should stay in the kitchen. It's like oh, didn't even try to it, reach it was for so that one. So over the top. It's so over the top, <laughs> and so. So it's so much of a like just a gimme fucking thing to reach for that it's like mm. come on it's so clearly not like who cares? it's a he's just a bad guy who cares he's a bad guy he, yes he's a bad guy and he, and Cody's gonna be our savior and prove him wrong <laughs> for women Cody is Cody is the true friend of the women so say you know how we said that um Johnny's a my wife guy is Cody mm-hmm. the true my wife guy yes Cody and Brandy Cody and Brandy the perfect couple why were they ever broken up for a while. Cody and Brandy versus Gargano and Candice. Let's do it. Yeah, when the, we get eventually get the big War Games uh, uh, inter interpromotional feud. Like if that's the problem with uh, US wrestling, they never actually do interpromotional stuff. Mm. Like we last time it actually happened was what CZW and RH, which is fifteen <laughs> years ago. At this stage, which I was just watching yesterday. <laughs> we never we never get actual interpromotional stuff, and you do get like we never get it done right games. like that. Like that was like the only time that was like perfect. <laughs> But like, it's the only time it's been done in general. Like the WWE, like the invasion wasn't interpromotional. WWE just bought the other two companies. Mm, it only happens in Japan. Yes, it does only happen in Japan. It's neat that it happens in Japan. Yeah. Is it just like a very inherently Japanese angle? I, I I think like like U.S. companies are too protective and self-interested to ever do anything cross promotional. Yeah, like I think the Japanese companies realize that. Hey, we can have our guys lose at times. Like it's fine. Whereas, like all American companies are like, no, we will never lose anything involved in this feud. Or like, I think the closest we came was in 2017. There was meant to be a cross promotional Young Bucks and Hardys feud, but then mm. Hardys left Impact and went to the WWE, so that collapsed. Mm. That, that would put a kibosh on things. That does. We're meant to get a deletion match between the Hardys and the Bucks, but yeah, we're gonna get that eventually. Don't you worry. Well, when Jeff, when Jeff, Jeff will never be allowed to leave. They'll keep adding time to his contract. Mm. Uh, but no, it'll friends. be it'll be the new Hardys of Matt and Kenny. Yes, they are the the true Hardys, the the, the greatest tag team in the history of AEW. Golden Hardys. <laughs> Poor Jeff. Poor Hangman. Poor Hangman indeed. He's disappeared completely. No, he's in the woods. It's fine. Yeah, living in the woods is a good idea at the moment. There's too much going on in the world. He ate a turtle today. Why? Turtles are turtles are nice creatures. You shouldn't he eat said turtles. He, he had to. He hunted one, and then he had mm-hmm. to eat it. It's the only option. That's true. And turtles are notoriously hard to hunt. We all know mm. how stealthy they are and fast they mm. move. 
<laughs> R.I.P. to the turtle. The tortoise and the hangman should be a children's story. It doesn't end well. Best Friends defeated uh, Jurassic Express. I like this match a lot. I thought this match was a ton of fun. Best Friends are really good. And, like, I as I was watching this, I really thought, like, oh, are they just going to have, like, the Best Friends lose after they were, like, next to Kenny, like, the saving grace of the last six weeks of tapings? See, I, I, I thought the opposite. I thought that this was obviously setting up Best Friends to become number one contenders after this match. And it's not. They're just going to wrestle Private Party to then become number one contenders at uh, Double or Nothing. Mm. which sure but best friends should be number one contenders coming out of that show and uh, best friends against Kenny and Hangman assuming Hangman has uh, escaped from the woods at that stage should be a very fun feud yeah and or like what were they and then it's because I fear that they'll just be like a throwaway feud for TV I was gonna say it's not in front of fans but AEW have done this thing in the last couple of weeks where they have like two just de- they have the people at ringside and then they have two decent little pockets of socially distanced people in the crowd like friends and, and family it- yeah, friends and family and staff members. It and it, it makes such a difference. It feels like there's a crowd. <laughs> like a small crowd, but it feels like there's a crowd there. Things get reactions, and it's not just empty and hollow and nothing. And it's it's just, it feels just that slightly bit more like wrestling again. I know, it's so good, isn't it? Like, I was really realizing it during this match when people were popping for moves. I was like, ah! And like, it's like them and Old Japan, they both do it really well. Because Old Japan basically does the same thing. Mm. Where under the camera they just have all the wrestlers. Oh, what they just pop out? They just stand up and go to their match. <laughs> no, like the people, like no, but you'll see people after the match are just sitting under like a chair with a towel over the neck. Mm. It does. It makes it makes so much of a difference. It really does. It's it just it feels that little bit more like wrestling. I made the mistake of watching NXT right after AEW, oh, no. where it went from like. A crowd, like something that felt like a crowd, to having just silence. <laughs> yeah, and, and predict- we'll get into this week's episode of NXT as well, where there's not much meat in the bone again. Uh, so the the contrast is probably all the more stark. Mm. It was very noticeable, and I didn't care for it. We had the the best moment in probably the history of AEW Dynamite, oh. where Orange Cassidy was standing on the ramp. Murder. And Phoenix flies in out of literally nowhere with a jumping high kick, which was it was it looked so I literally started cackling. It was my favorite thing of all time. I didn't even notice it the first time, so I had to like go back and go ah. Um, he just he just literally flies in off screen. It's like such a comical cartoon video game moment. It's just like wee boom. Uh, I remember being like, "What's what are they? What's about to happen here?" Because like, he was standing there for a while. <laughs> like, what's going on? And then just burr. It's funny how like we say all the best moments in like we say best moment in AEW history. It always involves either Orange Cassidy, Chris Jericho, or Sammy Guevara. Yeah, they, they, those are the the three pillars of all elite wrestling. Your triple threat main event of All Out Two. Listen, that would probably be a very good match. Oh, Jericho and Orange. You, but you've now put the idea in my head of, of Sammy eventually breaking off from the inner circle and going babyface, and that's probably going to be real good when it happens. Yeah. He's a, he's a, I think we gush about Sammy every week, so we don't have to do it again. <laughs> Sammy is great. Uh, Wardlow attacked uh, people after the match. There you go. Face this down with Luchasaurus. Just so you can get your Wardlow. With it. It was all, there was only a little Wardlow on this show. so. Hey, a little Wardlow goes a long way. Hikaru Shida defeated Penelope Ford, Britt Baker, and Chris Statlander to formally become number one contender. She was number one in the rankings, and now they're like, she's still number one in the rankings. They had to clarify. 
Yes, she had to earn it. She really had to earn it. Which, you know, making people doubly earn number one contendership is never a bad idea. I really like this match. I thought this match was great. This match was really, really well put together. They're like, mm. all action, never slowed down, kept on moving. Sequences flowed into each other. Penelope Ford looked bad every now and again because Penelope Ford is that wrestler who can do two moves and the two moves she does are quite good but uh, try and put literally anything like hang any kind of match on her and it's like oh no yeah like there was a couple of times where you, like one that really stuck out was when like Britt was there but like I guess Penelope thought that she wouldn't be able to get up in time but like Britt was waiting <laughs> and it just yeah. like was very awkward but like it's one of those things where, like Penelope Ford is so young like mm. and who knows how long she's done whatever and like once this stuff is all done and like she can go and actually go to the training places and whatever like again like i think eventually she's gonna fucking deliver she just needs to work and that's that's maybe a problem with AEW that they like she's working once a week and she needs to work a lot more often than once a week mm. so they need to get her out on indies get her out working as much as she can or yeah, get her, send be, her up to stardom like one of those people where they um they're just letting them go out there and do what they the answer to most of AEW's women's problems is just send them over to stardom for a while. Yeah. And sign Rachel Ellering. Uh, who is available as of, well, a couple of weeks ago, but only revealed yesterday. There you go. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, like, there's still the occasional ones popping up. I did like that um, Rachel Ellering's Twitter video was basically like the exact same video as the Chris Hero one. <laughs> like, mm. like, just footage of her losing in NXT in black and white and then switching to her being, like, cool as fuck. <laughs> Britt Baker is is ideal in matches like this because again Britt yeah. Baker struggles a little when you have to hang an entire match on her, but here where she can just pop in, hit her shit, and pop back out, great, ideal. There's a lot of people in the AW, like Nyla Rose is relatively similar, but mm. there you go. Whereas Statlander and Sheeta are like the the glue that holds matches like this together. I think uh, Britt also plays unhinged well. Mm. Like when she was like, like aggressively uh shoving her fingers into statlander's face i was like yeah that's some that's some crazy shit right there and in fairness she is very considerate of the current pandemic she was wearing gloves <laughs> i wondered like was that like just because of that or was it like a, a stylistic choice because she's a dentist dentists do also wear gloves we'll, we'll have to find out in like two months after the pandemic is gone pandemic will be gone really she should have like scrunched up the glove and put it in her mouth <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Just texturally, that's like that's awful. No, I do not want to eat rubber gloves or latex gloves. <laughs> and then she grabs like, her jaw and makes her go. Arr, 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 what you want Stop it! Stop. See, this Why is good heel me? work. <laughs> I'd rather the kazoo than that. Oh, it didn't even work. Now I look a fool. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Pineapple Pete had a video. It was from the, um, whatchamacallit, the Road 2. Yeah, that's, good, what, that's what I was wondering. But I was like, yo, this rules. Yeah, Pineapple there was Pete's a Road 2 on, on Tuesday. But this is like the one, the wonders of Chris Jericho, where mm. he just says shit on commentary. It gets over, and it either becomes a t-shirt, a, a marketable uh, a champagne line, <laughs> or wine Someone line, gets bubbly signed. Line. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, like, uh, freaking Sugar Dunkerton finally gets his big uh, big opportunity, because Chris Jericho called him Pineapple Pete on commentary. He's a good promo. He is, and he's he's very down-to-earth and relatable, and he seems like a nice man. And, it, it, like, it, this is the perfect simple little story, that, like, it, he's been working on the indies for his entire life, and he's seen everyone around him get their shot, and he hasn't gotten their shot until Chris Jericho suddenly mentioned him on commentary and made his career in a night. And um, 
for reference too, like some of my more casual fans who do watch AEW, they're all into the pineapple peat stuff too. So it's not even just like uh, us, you know, who know sugar uh, forever from like me from like Chikara. <laughs> like, like it's not just us being happy for a dude. Like it's over with people who didn't even know Sugar D heading into this. Chris Jericho can turn literally anything into a meme. The man is a, a remarkable human being. The meme king. He's king of memes. King of memes. Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega defeated Santana Ortiz in a really fun tag match. Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega, surprisingly good team. Matt Hardy, again, like, you can give out about Matt and the broken stuff, but, you know, in this match, I thought he was very good. Matt Hardy, good at tag team wrestling. Who would have thunk it, right? Mm, It's a weird one. Kenny Omega, also good at tag team wrestling. Mm, Can't think of one. Santana and Ortiz, also good at tag team wrestling. Surprisingly so, yes. I really want a Santana and Kenny singles match someday. It'll happen. It better happen. I'll be mad if it doesn't. <laughs> this was just good mad. action. Yeah, there's like nothing much to say about this other than it was a good match. And uh, Sammy Guevara took an awesome bump on a twist of fate. <laughs> Selling the neck the entire time because he was yes. run over. He was hit by a car. He sold, he sold being hit by a car longer than Rey Mysterio sold being thrown off a building. Onto a second roof. The the more comical thing about Rey Mysterio is they then did an injury angle with Rey on Raw. So it's like he was thrown <laughs> off a building and he's fine, but Seth Rollins attacks him and he's injured. Is Rey bouncing? Uh, apparently not. Is Sting bouncing? Uh, Sting should... Uh, people are always like, AEW don't need authority figures. AEW don't need authority figures in the sense that they don't need a Vince McMahon. They don't need a character on the television show. Mm. AEW can perfectly fine do with an authority figure that's like Teddy Long, who comes yeah. out and is like, you have a match. Ha 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 ha. Like even a, a William Regal, like who is off the screen most of the time, but when you need an excuse for something to get made, he shows up. Yeah, and so I think Sting would be perfect in that role because he did it for like four months in TNA at the end of 2011, start of 2012, and he was absolutely fantastic. He was so good in that role. So yeah, if Sting is available, make Sting your on-screen GM AEW. He's also a a big and he feels like a big deal. Like he's in that echelon of your Hogan's, your Flairs, and such, where him being on screen just kind of like instantly feels like it elevates something. Especially mm. like a segment where you'll be introducing a belt, perhaps. <laughs> he is uh, an icon, if you will. Showtime. Perhaps an insane icon. I would really now. like like bumble his theme on the kazoo, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> uh, there's a lot going on in Sting's music, especially if you go for his TNA theme. That's uh, that, that, of course that song. would be the theme I go for. His best theme. Yes. Uh, so yes, sign Sting. Darby's still trying to recruit Taz. No, Sting other way around. Should, Sting should recruit Darby. Sting, like Sting and Darby, is a better fit than Taz and Darby. Taz and Darby doesn't work. That, that I, those two people don't go together. I still attest that it's now gonna it's gonna pivot and it's gonna be um, Taz bringing in someone to face Darby. That that would make a lot more sense. And I said, pick Jeff Cobb. <laughs> it's the perfect. I don't choice. think I don't think they're gonna pick Cobb. He's still the perfect. Like if you're gonna pick anybody in wrestling today to pair with Taz, Jeff Cobb is the right person. Wardlow. <laughs> Wardlow's well when he eventually splits from MJF and becomes the clear star of that uh, that duo that's gonna be such like a victory lap for us (laughs) (laughs) when Wardlow becomes a bigger deal than MJF (laughs) for our burying of MJF and our our, uh, celebration of Wardlow in very particular roles as he is the greatest wrestler of all time we got the rules for the casino ladder match where it's basically 
It's a gauntlet match, but it's a ladder match. But they can win at any time. Yeah, so every 90 seconds, someone new comes out and they can get the the, the title, or well, the chip, they said. The, I assume it's a giant, a comically sized casino chip. No, I want it to be a tiny one. <laughs> just one tiny chip. And then, like, the guy who wins it can just, like, hold it in their hands and start flicking it around and shit. It'd be great. Mm. So, yeah, that, it can be won at any time. Um, that seems like it'll be a train wreck, but we'll see how it turns out. Especially without an audience. It seems like it'll increasingly be a train wreck without an audience, but we'll see how it turns out. I hope, um, like, Colt is the last person in the match, and, like, as he's coming down, someone wins, and he just looks, like, depressed. Mm. So it'll feature nine people. So Darby, Colt, Phoenix, and Orange Cassidy are confirmed, so we need another five. Janela, probably. Uh, Sean Spears. Who else is going to do dumb shit? Uh, Darbs. Oh, no, Darbs in it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, somehow. (laughs) Lee Uh, Johnson. Throw Hager in there for a base. Wardlow. Uh, Daniels. Anyway, (laughs) just naming names. And Wardlow. Mel. Mel. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I miss Mel. I do miss Mel. Mel should be on this show. Mel should take MJF's spot. Well, where's Mel? MJF defeated Lee Johnson in a perfectly unremarkable squash. Lee Johnson's back. <laughs> Lee Johnson is back. I'm happy Lee Johnson is still getting booked. He's probably going to be signed, right? Because like, he was on one of the like the Road 2 whiteboard bits. Mm. I, hope I was more excited to see Lee Johnson than I was MJF. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yay, Lee Johnson. And then it's like 0-5 oh, and, and you're like, oh, Lee Johnson. <laughs> After the match, MJF cut a long promo about how he's going to face Marco Stunt next week, except he didn't specify next week. So JR immediately after the promo had to step in and say that match will be next week. Mm. A professional. J- and yeah, in fairness, JR doing cleanup for MJF because MJF neglected to mention that. <laughs> I actually thought the match was literally going to be now. I thought he was calling him out for now, but th- then thankfully JR tidied up MJF's sloppy promo skills. Wow, heavy shot. Chris Jericho defeated Pineapple Pete in a match that was exactly what it was supposed to be. Pete attacked him, slapped him, hit him with a bunch of punches, and Jericho just hit him with a Judas effect and pinned him. Our prediction of Pineapple Pete picking up the pinfall on Chris Jericho (laughs) did not come to fruition. We were perhaps a little too optimistic in AEW's willingness to defeat Chris Jericho. Listen, it would have been the biggest pop that never happened. Hmm. Uh, after the match, Jericho challenges the Elite to a stadium stampede match, which will be, take place. We were giving out last week that this the street the fight doesn't spill into DDT the stadium. DDT shit ever. <laughs> yeah, we're full DDT America now. Hell yes. But we were giving out last week that they did not brawl onto the football pitch, and we were like, why didn't they brawl onto the football pitch? This is why. They're doing an entire football pitch match. I hope it goes like an hour. I do not hope it goes an hour. I hope it's a tight 15 minutes with a lot of memorable high moments instead of a pointless brawl doing nothing for an hour. What haha open the door, someone's there and they say the catchphrase. Will <laughs> moments will there be? Uh well, who could they have? Multiple Matt Hardys. Yes, which they've already done. Who's going to be on the elite team actually? Assuming it's all five of the inner circle. We have Kenny, we have Matt Hardy. The Bucks and Hangman and theory should fill out the team but they haven't been seen in weeks cody's uh book and uh, busy cody yeah, cody has uh, archer so it can't be cody so in theory if it's five on five it should be the bucks and hangman but we, yeah, as I said, we, ha- we haven't had the bucks and, bucks and hangman QT Marshall, <laughs> dustin rhodes and brandy and brandy there you go that's, and that's the elite team 
The Mel's not in the elite yet. The Mel eat. The Mel eat. Mel. Mel eat. Mel. Mel. Mel eat. Vanguard one came, accepted the challenge, and then they destroyed him with a baseball bat named Floyd. <laughs> the baseball bat has a name. Matt Hardy was literally crying. He was lying on the mat, holding the broken carcass of Vanguard One. The broken. <laughs> Vanguard One is now officially broken. I wonder will they get Vanguard Two? Does Vanguard hope- have babies? Vanguard One's been around a while. I hope it's Vanguard One, but it has like a dyed propeller. Oh yeah, or uh, Vanguard One's just it just has a knife, a large <laughs> knife on the front, and it just slowly stabs Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> You think that they would have called the baseball bat Mike? Um, why? Well, you see, mm-hmm. the TNT title. All oh, right. Sure. I mean, if you're gonna do a boxing thing. Uh yes, next week Orange Cassidy versus Phoenix, MJF versus Marco Stunt, Aaron Anderson and Jake Roberts will have a face-off. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara and John Moxley versus Ten. It's Press very confusing. 10. There's a person. There's a person named Ten on this show, and it's not Sean Spears. It's press 10. Uh, yeah, press in advance. Mike Tyson will present the TNT title to the winner of Lance Archer against Cody. Isn't that fucking crazy? <laughs> it's funny because uh, MLW the other week were like, we'd like to promote a Mike Tyson exhibition match. That Wouldn't that be neat? And then AEW just like, we have Mike Tyson. That's, and it's all thanks to Orange Cassidy. Why is it all thanks to Orange Cassidy? Because um, Tyson was backstage at uh, Double or Nothing 1. And he fucking loved Orange Cassidy. There's mm. the video. There's the video of him marking out. No, no, it was, it was Michael Nakazawa actually. He was marking out for watching in the backstage. There we go. So Michael and also, Nakazawa like, has saved AEW. This is like a timely celebrity appearance in wrestling. Because yeah, Mike Tyson is on on the comeback trail. Yeah, and like he's actually in mainstream news. Mm. That's like weird <laughs> like it's never a mainstream worthy person <laughs> it's always somebody desperate for attention 15 years after their prime mcgruber there you go oh we forgot the um nyla rose and Sheeta segment backstage where actually the segment was cool as shit <laughs> <laughs> i found your candlestick bitch hit her in the head yeah that ruled i hope that match is bloody that's the, I think this is the officially the, the most built AEW women's match on in, in the history of their pay-per-views. So there you go. Well, the most built one, not on Twitter. Not on Twitter, indeed. Or Road 2. Where's Riho? Uh, I'd imagine it's still in Japan. Even before that, though. Where's Riho? Well, she lost, she lost the title. She's, oh, she still has a rematch when she comes back. Which should be fun, because that match ruled. Against Sheeta. Yeah, when Sheeta wins. Brody Lee defeated Christopher Daniels in the AW main event, and finally, I thought it was the best Daniels looked in a while. Finally, we got this match. It's felt like uh, this has been the longest built match in AW history. Were you hotly anticipating this Brody Lee Chris Daniels match? I just thought it was weird. Like he debuted and then <laughs> they didn't follow it up for like five weeks. Because yeah, well, Daniels wasn't there for like five weeks, so that's why uh, Daniels was there. Well, the Daniels wasn't on the Atlanta shows. He wasn't on the shows, but he was there because Cody referenced him by name that Daniels came up and corrected him on a Star Trek reference. Uh, maybe he texted him. I think you could hear him on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I think he said Daniels just whispered in my ear. I th- No, that, that was still Jacksonville, though, wasn't it? Was that? I think that was still Jacksonville. I think that was before they went to Atlanta. Mm, you get a pass oh, yeah, on yeah, this cause... one, AEW. Yeah. 
All, all of the uh, Atlantic commentary was uh, Tony and Jericho, so it wouldn't have Cody. Damn you. So yes, uh, Brody Lee defeats Chris Daniels. I thought, yeah, I thought Daniels looked really good in this match. It's because like last time didn't look so good against Pentagon. Was that he was dressing Pentagon then? Yeah. That moonsault was a work. But still, I, I think he looked admit it though. To be great. Admit it though. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it definitely they played it up for like three weeks. <laughs> that's because what that's what they do. No. They they, they they turn that stuff into works. It, it was you, you, clearly a work. You're missing the direction of causality. Is it something that happened that they turned into a story, not something they t- plan to tell as a story? Especially because they didn't pay it off in a meaningful way. It was a BTE bit. It turned into a BTE bit. Mm, it was a work. And you're getting worked, brother. I'm always getting worked. That's kind of like a weird, high-pitched uh, John Moxley impression. Brother. Yeah, Brody Lee wins. Daniel <laughs> didn't give a shit about that. Good match. It sounded nothing like John Moxley. I don't know what you're it's talking about. It's more of his um his inflection than his actual impression. <laughs> what did you say, pal? Mm. Oh, God damn it! Don't you don't you da- <laughs> welcome to Kazoo Fails with Liam Jones. Causality. <laughs> John Moxley showed up. He beat the crap out of all of um Brody Lee's minions, and then Brody Lee ran away. That's it. He walked away. He, he did walk away with one of his minions. I hate belt theft stories. I hate them so much. I think they're so stupid. Yeah. I mean, you gotta... It's the, it's an easy two-week story when you have to build something. That's true. But name a single good belt theft story in the history of wrestling. Brody Lee versus John Moxley. How dare you do this to me? <laughs> How dare you make yeah. fun of my picture-perfect John Moxley impression? <laughs> it's revenge. That's... That's fair. Uh, light and breezy, easy to watch. Nothing this really great. So but I thought easy a f- to watch. Yeah, fun episode of Dynamite. Nothing special, but a fun, easy episode of Dynamite to get through. My kazoo's broke. <laughs> what did you do to it? I don't know, man. Well, the good I... thing you have six of them. So you've lost one, one doesn't work, and you broke one. Oh, so... shit. <laughs> what did you do now? I broke another one almost. Let's see if I can <laughs> There we go. We that's, back. That's that's a full kazoo experience. The last one didn't sound particularly good. That sounds like a kazoo. The Don't go- you play the, it? This is the gold one. Uh, that brings us to WWE NXT, which okay. Yeah, I I had a couple of things I really liked on this show, so I'm excited to talk about the next. Uh, yes, there. The, 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 we'll get to it. Uh, Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher lost the NXT champion, tag, tag Team Championships to Imperium after they exploded in a way that I thought was pretty stupid. Yeah, I I, could, I thought it was believable, if nothing else. That I did. NXT's doing everything I hate about empty arenas. Don't yeah. turn people. Don't have titles change. But like, the, you have you have to at least do a week or two of descent. Before he just, like, a one miscommunication causes him to explode, you know? If this happened in AEW, Hangman and Kenny would have been at each other's throats weeks ago. <laughs> Hangman took Kenny's head off, like, 15 times. Kenny is much more forgiving than Tim Thatcher. That's what we've learned here. Yeah. I think, I think Thatcher was just looking for an excuse and he never really liked teaming with Riddle. Well, why did he Riddle did make him go on the Newly Bros show. Because he wanted the That's tag titles. True. He did say that. And so he walked out. That that makes it make less sense. He wanted the tag titles, so he walked out of a tag team title match. In his promos, he said, "I want the tag titles, but I won't do it if I have to team with him." Why? Because he doesn't like him. But they 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 retconned that. He never said he didn't like him. He doesn't like him because he's the dope. 
This is one of those things where NXT just skipped to the end and then pretend like the story they told all along was these two guys didn't get along when the story they told all along was these two guys were a goofy odd couple and then Thatcher just turns on them. Like, they, do, they do this all the time. They just skip to the end of the story and pretend they told it. Well, the odd couple broke up. The odd couple did broke up. The newly bros are no more. I know. Uh, we're all really depressed. Um, Imperium. Hell yeah. Get a tag rain. Good they for that. Very, very anticlimactic, I think, win. They were not the focus of their own tag title win, but nonetheless. I liked that they sold Thatcher leaving, though, and they didn't just, like... When this angle happens a lot of time, the other team will just, like, start fighting, but they were like, holy shit, he's actually leaving. This actually, this show actually reminded me a lot of a Vince Russo written show. Holy in the sense... That Vince Russo, the thing Vince Russo would always do is a show running angle. You know, the idea, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's a response to poor ratings that they're doing like a show running angle. But but the thing Vince Russo would always do is like there, there'd be an angle with the start in the opening segment that would run through to the main event. And NXT, AEW rarely do that. You don't see it a lot in wrestling in general these days. And that's what they did on this show where there was an angle in the opening match that led to the main event. It was a very Vince Russo-esque in terms of format. I also think they kept going back to it because they really wanted to establish that you shouldn't like Timothy Thatcher. I think they, like, they might have been scared that as the people would have been like, eh, okay, whatever. But like the, throughout the night, they're like, yeah, we have to have Thatcher beat up Riddle again. Yeah, it's like we, we didn't do the groundwork to establish why people shouldn't like him, so we have to rush it all into one episode of NXT. Yeah, like, well, maybe like someone's like, oh, well, maybe he has a point. Riddle did kind of fuck up in the team. And it's like, oh, wait, no, he's just a dick. You'll just jump him backstage later in the show. Um, I really felt, I felt really happy for Fabian Eichner. Yeah, like, good for yeah, them. fucking get it. And, um, I liked Riddle's little flurry of a comeback at the end that they, then they had the cutoff and they hit the European bomb. Um, and I liked how, uh, anything that Riddle does on, um, NXT feels a lot more snug than most others. And I appreciate that. I like a bit of, like a little oof. He's an MMA boy. He likes sinking his shit in. As they found out in the main event. Uh, oh god, we'll get to it. Uh, oh yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> Tegan Knox defeated Indy Hartwell. Did you know Tegan Knox is the Captain America of NXT? I thought she was the Captain Marvel. I thought he, I'm pretty sure he said Captain America, didn't he? Yeah, like no, but I mean, like, isn't her gear based off Captain Marvel? <laughs> it probably is. I was like, she's Welsh. Why is she the Captain America of NXT? She's the Captain Wales. Yeah, uh, yeah. There we go. It was a squash, basically. Tegan wins. Tegan always. It's one of those things where she's just like, all right, she won a match. You know, there's never ah, anything to it. <laughs> the Cameron Grimes of the women's division. But like, like Cameron Grimes gets like mini feuds, at least. Tegan Knox just occasionally wins matches and then <laughs> goes back to feuding with Dakota Kai. In When I was watching this match, I was like, when did they blow off the Dakota Kai feud? <laughs> they may not have yet. We'll get to that in a second as well. But like, I, I, they, I was just like, yeah, okay, she's moved on now. <laughs> <laughs> like, because like, I think Mara said something along the lines of like, oh, she finished it in that tag match. And I was like, really? That was the big blow off. Shotty Blackheart d- d- helped her slay. Didn't they lose that tag match? Yep. All right. We got a highlight package on Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, and Charlotte Flair's issues. I was annoyed because Rhea Ripley is the baby face here. And she said Io couldn't get the job done. It's like... Eo was winning and Charlotte got deliberately disqualified. What are you talking about? Yeah, you know, delusional heel. Rhea. (laughs) It's one of those things, like if a heel said it, you'd be like, all right, you know, as you said, delusional heel. Rhea Ripley is meant to be a baby face. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. <sighs> it's it's weird. It's a little silly, and EO was robbed. EO was robbed. That's a factual statement. Um, and she should get another. Why isn't she getting another title shot? She was. She was. Oh, I hate. I hate that. I hate like deliberate DQs never being punished. Like she deliberately got to get herself disqualified in a wrestling match, and you you don't do anything to actually rectify that. You you reward the behavior more often than not, and it makes no sense. Come on, Regal. Like if it's a heel GM, you can get away with it. It's just it makes finishes like that meaningless. Because like if the heel can always get away with just walking away with their title, why don't they always do it? Actually, is Charlotte a baby? Fa- I don't even know. Yeah, <laughs> who is a baby face on this show? Who who is anything on this show? Uh, that's true. Speaking of then, who is anything, I was gonna say uh, a video of William Regal booked a match. Yes, he's on an iPad. <laughs> no, no, but like it was a literal video because you could see Matt pausing the video as he put it away. <laughs> So it wouldn't keep playing. Regal's like, I don't know how to use Skype. I'm just going to film myself and uh, and text you the video. <laughs> <laughs> then we uh, we move on to... Uh, I was going to say Rockstar's but uh, Drake Maverick's number one fan, Jake Atlas. Taking on yes, Tony Jake Atlas, Big fan of Drake Maverick, but he beat him. But And then he beat Tony Nese, which means that Drake Maverick cannot win the tournament, but he is not eliminated. My mind went, went in circles this morning, but there can still be a three-way tie between Jake Atlas, Kushida, and Drake Maverick, which will be a very WWE thing a to do baby. a three-way tie, bring him back, do a three-way, and then then eliminate Drake Maverick. <laughs> what if he goes, like, and, like, the other side is, like, a complete, like, one guy wins, and then they do a four-way for the title? <laughs> Oh, that would be so NXT. That would be the most NXT thing you could possibly do. And then Drake Maverick wins. Oh, and then no. he appears on AW Dynamite and throws it in the bin. <laughs> this is what I think of the Cruiserweight division. That's, there is literally nothing I do not hate. He does his cartwheel DDT and he win. Uh, so yes, Drake Maverick faces Kushida next week. If Kushida wins, Kushida advances. If Maverick wins, it goes to a three-way tie. Woo! Adam Cole is uh, is is Zoom calling all of his undisputed era friends. Uh, I made a great joke about this being uh, the bubbly bunch, but uh, connection issues. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, you could have just made the joke again. It'd be an edit. Go, go, make the joke again. Ha! Huh. And up next, the bubbly bunch. Oh wait, I mean Adam Cole. It's just not the same. Ah, uh, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll edit it. It'll work in editing. It won't. Uh, <laughs> no, you get it? It was all a meta joke. The real joke was that I didn't want to do it again. There we go. Adam, yeah, Kyle Riley is great. I love Kyle. Yeah, poor Kyle. Come back. Actually, maybe don't don't come back yet. <laughs> yeah, don't come back for a while. They all volunteer Roderick Strong to face Dexter Loomis, one would presume, next week. Did they announce that? They didn't announce that for next week, so there we go. We got a Killer Cross promo set to the legendary WWE theme, The End Is Near, which is so the upsetting that they made that. The, that they made they gave that the cross. Cross of all people. Play it on the kazoo. It's going to go all the way. There you go. You gave me a, you gave me an inch. I'll take a mile with a goddamn kazoo. I'll tell you that one for sure. Oh, God damn it! This is what I do. This is I, I deserve this. Let's to be fair. I brought this on myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, Cross is doing stuff. I guess. 
yeah. Uh, this should be his theme song. <laughs> it should be his theme song. But Scarlet, uh, Scarlet can sing along to it too. Yeah, and it's probably an easier song to lip sync. It probably is. Uh, Dakota Kai, six months after War Games, has finally explained why she turned on TK. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a good explanation. It was a good explanation. It did make perfect sense. It's just like, why are we doing this now? It also answered all of our questions about, uh, like, oh man, they 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 gave Nox all of this stuff about her return, but then did nothing for, nothing for um, Dakota Kai. This again, let me reiterate NXT's storytelling formula of this is just like we told the story, but we didn't tell the story. But now we're going to tell you we told the story and pretend this was the story all along. <laughs> and it's a good story. It's a story that works, and it's a story that makes sense. But they told it six months after they <laughs> and turned. It's a story grounded in like realism and comes across legitimate. <laughs> and they, why do they do this? I don't like. I don't understand that they don't just sit <laughs> maybe, down and think about stories. Maybe they don't think of it until later, and they're like, "Oh shit, that'd be a great idea. We should do it anyway." Like a hundred percent. That's I'm convinced. That's what they do. It's like, oh, this would be a great idea. Let's retcon it, or let's just pretend we told the story. Mm. Like, wouldn't it be great if Matt Riddle and Tim Thatcher couldn't actually get along because they're two like dramatically conflicting personalities? So we'll have them turn on each other. Except we'll never do the conflicting personality stuff until they turn on each other, and then we'll reveal that they were conflicting personalities and hate each other. It's just like there's the in between bits that they always forget. I don't know man I think they just they get their bullet points but they don't get them in the order that they should get them <laughs> Triple H is like oh you didn't get that last page oh oh I'm, I meant to send it oh I ran out of ink ooh <laughs> uh, Isaiah Scott has interviewed and he's like if no, you can't oh, win a single whoa, whoa, match whoa, 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 oh you're still whoa, on Dakota Kai you're not done with Dakota Kai yeah we can't continue without commenting on the complete lack of safety protocol that Raquel Gonzalez had while riding her motorbike. Uh, I didn't even notice, so please do talk. Uh, she, not not a single uh, item of clothing covering her arms. Not a helmet in sight. What if she were to fall? That's, she's, she she's, would, she's arms Raquel torn to Gonzalez. pieces. Head smack on the ground. <laughs> I'm just, I'm ashamed that WWE could put out something like this, advocating for the improper safety precautions when riding a motorcycle. Fair, fair. WWE clearly don't care for the safety of their performers. Well, she was in the parking lot, so maybe because there's no rules there. Uh, she's yeah. She, maybe she's like, I can't wear a helmet. I might get kidnapped. It does make sense, but you know, nothing well, on the maybe- show does. Isaiah Scott did a promo backstage. He was like, oh, if, if you lo- lost all your matches in this tournament, you're a real nerd. You should just retire if you do that. And then he'll face Jack Gallagher later. Uh, then he loses. Uh, well, yeah, well, he he's won a match in this tournament, though. That's to set up a different feud. No, but it's just funny. It's like, yeah, you're a loser. Anyone who loses to you should be embarrassed. DX announced that In Your House Takeover will come on June 7th. When I was thinking about this, mm-hmm. and they did, like, the got two words for you, like, pick around. I just thought, like, I would like a supercut for every time they did that joke. Where they said, we got two words for you, and then someone interjects with something that isn't <laughs> suck it. Uh, there's probably be, you probably, like, die watching it due to how often they probably did it. Like, 50 times over under? Mm. This time like, it was Road Dog. Yeah, it doesn't be like, how many times must they have done that same stupid joke? 
I did like their little bit about they all wrestled on the first in your house, but Triple H was in that horrible mud match against Henry Godwin and didn't want to acknowledge it. <laughs> Where it was bleeding. Yeah. So yeah, that was a good bit. But yeah, in your house is back. Sure. Why not? God damn it. <laughs> Something fell over and I tried to grab it and throw it away. And instead of it hitting the carpet where it would make no noise, it hit the windowsill <laughs> and made even more noise. You fool. <laughs> All this editing I'll have to do. Nah, leave it in. It's the experience. It's the, the kazoos and Liam throwing things at the window. You would not edit a second of kazooing out. Uh, I might have to adjust the levels down if it's too hard to listen to. Oh, whoa. Cameron Grimes uh, defeated Finn Balor after interference from Damien Priest. Damien Priest, every single one of his feuds are the same. He shows up for no reason, hits somebody with a nightstick, and then he's feuding with them. But, Garrett, did he what? attack Finn backstage? Well, well, there is no way of knowing that yet. If if that re- is revealed as Damien Priest, I'm done with NXT. If, <laughs> if, he, just... if he did it, he is a stupid person. You had a title match that night to worry about. He's just like, I want to start my next feud because I know I'm going to lose the title match. He saw the booking <laughs> sheet and he's just like, nah, I'm, I'm going over. I have to keep myself relevant. One of the snakes in the back. <laughs> he's the snake in the office. In the long uh... grass. Who wants to get the push, but we'll get the, the squash. The push, brother. <sighs> oh, no, I turned into John Moxley again. <laughs> <laughs> it's your natural, it's your one impression that you can do. Just, you, you deviate back <laughs> Irish every time. John, Mo- John Moxley when he went to OTT, but he didn't get to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the match was fine. I don't really particularly remember it. I don't remember a single thing about it, except going, oh, cool, Cameron Grimes won. They won't follow up with that. Yeah, Grimes is will forever. Oh no, I, I do have one note. Um, when Grimes won, Maro shouted, "Grimes time!" Grimes <laughs> he <did>. time. <laughs> he did. And then like Bella took a real weird sell on it too. Yeah, but I, I think, think it's because like, he, he might have bumped too early or got too close to Cameron or, or Trev. Trevor, there we go. Big Trev. Big Trev. Yeah, the I match think um, Priest and Finn. He, he should have sold it as a face bump. Uh, yeah. That would be, that'd be like a, maybe it's too close to the curb stomp. Does he even do that anymore? What happens on the main roster, Garrett? <laughs> you watch those it's, things. It's not a, Seth Rollins is killing Rey Mysterio and he's a messiah. Does he do the stomp deal still? I think he might. I'm not sure. He has a new theme. I heard that. It's not very good. All themes are kind of boring now, huh? They're all just production tracks. They're all just what? random. Like They don't have people composing music for characters anymore. They just lazily roll out generic production tracks. But it's like, come on, guys. Give me some tracks I can put on my Spotify. Like This is the, the richest company in the world, and they're too lazy to make music for their wrestlers, which is one of the things, like, in WWE's defense, they did so well for so long in iconic ways, and now mm. they do badly. It's basically everything to do with WWE these days. Oh, uh, Isaiah Scott was making his entrance when he was attacked by Tony Nese, which allowed Jack Alger to defeat Isaiah Scott. Yep. This tournament is, it's just like, they they clearly just want it to be over. They gave up so quickly. Um, so next week we have Tozawa against, who? Tozawa against Phantasma is the last match left, yes. isn't it? So that's basically winner goes through. Yes. So yeah, next week, where the winner of Akira Tozawa against El Hijo del Fantasma will progress. If we get a cool Tozawa Kushida finals, though. It's going to be Drake Maverick and Fantasma, and you know it. It's going to be Drake Maverick's number one fan, Jake Atlas. 
it's going to be very strange when they've like consciously blown through this tournament to get through it as quickly as possible, but then they still do a three-way tie in Group A and have to do another match. <laughs> just to like drag it on that one week extra. Because uh, she should just win that Group 3-0, but alas. Uh, yep. Caden Carter defeated Alaya. Wasn't Alaya like being pushed last week and now oh, she's yeah. just losing to Caden Carter? Same thing. Um, yeah, they teased that she's going to join the Robert Stone brand, and then she lost, and then Robert Stone was like, nah, I'm good. Well, there you go. That's the whole story. <laughs> she looks really young, is what I noticed on this show. I didn't know. Like, I, uh, again, this is another one of those matches where, like, I could not tell you a single like, thing that happened this match. I, I watched this match. Well, it wasn't a match. Trust me, it wasn't a match. It was, like, her, like, little graphic that they did for the match. I was like, Aaliyah looks like she's 16. Mm. <laughs> what? Like, don't put her on these shows. It feels bad. It, looks, it feels like I'm watching like, a small child get beat up. If it's deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that and Marco Stunt make you deeply uncomfortable, do they? Yeah. Marco Stunt and Aaliyah. They should make them a tag team. In the eventual interbrand show. On the eventual War Games crossover interpromotional show. Which we will promote. It will be in association with this podcast. They'll be like, you guys, we'll you're going to unite the... Yeah, you'll unite these shows, and the main event will be Mel against Shawn Michaels. <laughs> no, it's Mel and Raquel. Nah, she's fake Mel. No, they're teaming up together as Ray Mel. Ray Mel. Uh, we had another Johnny Gargano and Candice dinner scene. This one much, wasn't as good. Yeah, much worse than the first one because they got all serious. The yes. first one was stupid and dumb and funny and weird and this one was like they cut the black and white and they were being well, all they did, serious they did, they did the black and white shtick last time but they but they, uh, they did it with more like le- they did it with less interesting context and they put like voice like modifications on it did they do the like weird like visual distortion thing last time i don't they remember didn't that. no they just did a straight black black and white cut Whereas here their faces were shimmering and they were it's like God, God damn it, guys! You and can't cutting, have one cutting good it thing. directly to the camera. Yeah, the only the only thing I liked about this was Johnny's American Ninja Warrior reference. That was good, and I did like um, the the cup being placed prominently on the dinner table. That was there last time too, though. Yeah, but I, it got me again. <laughs> you enjoy him just putting the cup on tables, <laughs> like it's such a big deal to them. I hope it's like the payoff to that is like Champa shows up under the table and kicks him in the balls. Like, not protected now, are you? And he's, and he's going to smash it over his head or something. Oh, we're going to get another Gargano Champa match, aren't we? No, it's he's moving on to Carrion Cross. Hey, they can always come back to it. In a year. Next week, Kushida against Drake Maverick, uh, Tozawa against Phantasma, and Io Shirai against Rhea Ripley. Io should win. Io should win. And then she should just win the title. Yep. Uh, which brings us to our main event, in which match there will be people who like this match and people who hate this match, because they did a grapple foot match on NXT main events, which this match is ruled. interesting, but not my thing, kind of boring. I really liked it. It was real snug. They beat the shit out of each other when they did strike. It felt like real. I liked it a lot. Uh, Timothy Thatcher, this is him getting to do what he actually should be doing. Um, I don't know how long it'll last. Uh, I thought it was very funny when they cut back to this match and it was just Timothy Thatcher like grimacing into the camera because he didn't get his entrance. Um, <laughs> Riddle was more serious here and I really liked seeing that side of him on NXT. And yeah, just basically all the good stuff. I thought it was weird that Thatcher lost even though it was in a fluky pin. 
Yeah, it's like, again, they turned him heel and then he beat him up backstage and then he loses in the main event. It's just like, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, this this is one of those matches where like the, the style is one of those love it or hate it things. I don't hate it, but I'm mostly bored by it. So yeah, I, I, like, it's not something I'm going to like say you're wrong. <laughs> but like I did, I thought it was fun and it was different. And I was mm. like, at one point, it's like, oh, it's weird. It's like watching an Evolve match on uh, NXT. Yeah. But yeah, the finish, as you, as you pointed, even though he got him with just a flash pin, it's like, why are you having Thatcher lose? Like, what's what's the value of Thatcher losing there? Plus, you have the excuse that Riddle's been beat up the entire night. That's what I thought that, that was all setting up for. It's like, Riddle got beat up the entire night so Thatcher can beat, beat him at the end and he doesn't look weak. Yeah, whereas Riddle, it's the other way around now. Thatcher looks like an idiot who got beaten by a guy who got his ass kicked the entire night. Mm. They really don't think about this stuff, do they? <laughs> I don't know, uh, but it just—it uh, seemed like well, like the natural conclusion to the show long angle. Is Thatcher going to join Fake Ring Camp? We suggested that last week. That he, um, well, no, we suggested he feud with the Fake Ring Camp. Well, I think we though, we suggested that at the end he should join, and he should. So do, he should do, be do, like do we... the American leader. While Walter is stuck in Europe. Yeah, NXT, uh, not NXT, like um, Bullet Club USA, <laughs> Bullet Club Japan. <laughs> this is Imperium USA. Mm-hmm. As I said, a very Vince Russo-esque structured episode of NXT. I, th- I think that's a, a direct response to lagging ratings. Not only like the advertising Triple H and Shawn Michaels making a big announcement, but <laughs> that, the was, idea like, of having that this... was the most like straight from the WWE playbook thing ever. Yeah, we have a big announcement, and it will be made by DX. Dude, what was the ratings last week for NXT? There was like it wasn't worse than it usually is, but it's been down for a while now, which tells me there's some pressure on them. If if, if they're if they're not like continuing to bottom out like they've leveled off at like mid 600,000s I think mm. uh, but they're very low in the demo they're way down in the demo so that that tells me that there is some pressure on NXT to get those numbers going if they're making uh, adding DX to the show and doing these show running angles I think that tells me they're trying to fix ratings problems I also think there's um, less faith in an NXT bounce back than there is in an AEW bounce back Mm. Especially because, like, during the duration in which they, 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 like, all this has been going down, they've had Charlotte on the show, who, in theory, is a star. <laughs> Not quite an execution, but in theory. I don't know, man. I, uh, I, are we coming to the, the conclusion of the Wednesday War? Uh, we shall see. If it, it feels a little bit like it's treading in that way. Especially with how, especially with how badly NXT is doing in that demo, like they're they're way down in that demo. NXT or USA aren't paying for a show that finishes fortieth on cable or whatever every week. Yeah, they could chuck on some reruns of Suits and kill that number. <laughs> yes, uh, for a lot less money as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I feel like we're on the wind. This is the beginning of the end a little bit. You see, people are like, oh, WWE will never admit defeat. It's like, it's not it's WWE's call. not their choice. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, it's it's uh, it's USA's call. So if USA are like, we're pulling the plug on this, this isn't working anymore. It's going, the plug will be pulled. And maybe they'll move it. Maybe they'll be like, we'll move the Thursdays where it's on a pose, and it might do better, and it probably will do better. Or uh, Tuesdays, which hopefully they don't. Uh, <laughs> because then we have, to, we, I, we have to do the new war games. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so maybe they move it, maybe they don't, or maybe they just keep on soldiering on. But we shall see. Show uh, match of the week, Liam. Um, uh, Riddle and Thatcher. I really like that match. I went four stars. What like two and a quarter? Uh, uh, <laughs> um, uh, if it's not that for me, what is it for me? Probably best friends against Jurassic Express. I like that match a lot. 
the match was good. I I, I would have also probably gone the tag match at the start over it. I really like that as well. But I'm mm. a I'm a big old sucker for Imperium. You and your love of Matt Riddle. There you go. Uh, show of the week. Um, AEW. Yeah, it's it's a. I haven't liked NXT the last couple of weeks. It's just felt there's and, and you know I'm not super into the Thatcher stuff, so that's not going to help. But not a ton of meat on the bones for me. Well, meat on the table. Yeah, and Candice can eat it first if it's any good. I don't mind. Uh, well, we didn't know who actually. We don't. We didn't see who ate first this week. Mm, they just had stuff in front of them. Mm, which perhaps. means they're letting their dinner go cold while they're talking for like five I, minutes. I, I thought it was it had already been eaten. I think they were, they were well plates been. that had been eaten. Which means that they uh, ate and then set up the camera. <laughs> as one does to film themselves for their after dinner chats. <laughs> That's even better if we frame it as like the Argano family's after dinner chat. And like next week they'll get into politics. <laughs> well, won't we love that? I'm sure the NXT audience would love that. They would. Uh, poll had AW80 oh the, the polls have become more granular 84 84.5% uh, to 15.5% wow. with 168 votes so substantial win for all the wrestling uh, yeah that's it there we go you want to play uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Garrett Kidney. you can follow Liam on Twitter at Larkin yep. I think he's he's protected at the moment but yep. you can try and follow him and he'll turn you down you can follow the podcast on Twitter and vote in the poll at WarGamesPod if you'd like more Everything Elite coverage in your podcast I say Everything Elite every week instead of just Elite but you can listen to Everything Elite you can listen to Shake the Rose for WWE television show coverage Liam play us out with wait before I go Fuzzy. next week I'm on Amakase five matches with John it's gonna sure? be yeah, I think so. You, you're positive. 100%? This week is Murder Brian of Street Fights Radio. I am next week Larrikin of War Games Pod, and after that, Funky SDG of Bad Rest Pod. There you go. He actually got the right plug in. He actually knows for once. I went to my Twitter to find it. Oh dear. Um, it's gonna be good because I love Kenny and they hate uh, Kenny and love Naito. It's fun. Fight, 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 fight. <laughs> Basically, we had very vindictive picks for each other. Uh, <laughs> Garrett, you start us off and I'll play along. <clears throat> Thanks for listening and bye bye, by the way. You are beautiful on the inside. You are innocent personified. And I will drag you down and sell you out. Run away. I'm doing the full thing. Don't you go straight to the chorus. Get back to run away. You get back to the second verse. <laughs> now that I've betrayed everyone I've ever loved and pushed them all away. And I have been a slave to the Judas in my mind. Is there something left for me to save in the wreckage of my life? My life. I'm becoming, I'm becoming, I'm becoming. Judas in, Judas in my mind. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.